Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello Achievers and welcome to episode number 34 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Daniel Wilcox and here with me every week is... Sasha fucking Black. Sup Sasha. So how's your week been? Yeah, it's been okay. It's like one of those, I well, you were just saying this offline, but it, that how can one week only be one week when it is simultaneously half of one millisecond and also 85 years in in one week um this has been an incredibly long week for me because I did a task that I have been (laughs) putting off for the whole year and um it was difficult it was hard and it was out of my comfort zone um but I've done the majority of the work now so I am super I'm actually kind of proud of myself, which I I struggle to say quite often because, oh, I don't know. I'm always looking at the next thing, aren't I? But um, yeah, so I upgraded all my website, which has been amazing and it looks super fly. And now I'm doing, thank you. And now I'm starting to do all of the back end stuff, put the correct pages in, sort out the shop, all of those things. So I would like most of my week has been taken up with that. and I am really missing words, um, but also I don't want to keep starting things and not finishing things. So I've got to just power through and finish this. Also, <clears throat> I spoke to Jeff Elkins this week on his podcast and he blew my brains like so many different ways. It's unbelievable. And he's given me a load of really good um, ideas for um the scent of death and voice and stuff and like we disagreed on some things and that was fine and we agreed on some things and that was interesting and then we had like a lot of really interesting discussion about character voice and I think it comes out in February the actual episode but um for anyone who feels like being nosy you can see a raw draft uh, a thousand words of raw draft from me from the scent of death and um yeah so I'm gonna go away and edit and yeah it was just like I got really really fired up by it so yeah thanks to Jeff how about you um again this week has gone (laughs) so I have (laughs) no it's been it's been a good week I think it's been a better week um it's like like you say I think just every week is just flying by Mm -hmm. but also feeling like a thousand years long because um we'll come on to this in a little bit one of my tasks for this week I have done but I felt like I did it three weeks ago and it was actually only five days um <laughs> so yeah I don't I don't know I, I know that a part of my mentality at the minute is kind of lost with the move and making sure I've got everything sorted for that and getting ready for there so I know there'll be sort of some interruption in terms of my routine and my pattern and stuff but also interestingly this week I have been sticking to a routine so I've been getting up at the same time every day I've been doing the same things every morning um going to bed earlier so that I can actually like get more hours sleep and stuff and feeling better for it um minus one day this week where for some reason I was stupidly lightheaded and I'm still not sure why but overall I yeah it's it's been what I consider a productive week and I'm starting to feel now 
some of the weight come off of some of the bigger projects I've had to do over the past, past couple of months. So it's been a bit more of a, a week in which I can do the core stuff that I need to do and then slow down a little bit on some of the other stuff. So I'm doing a lot of reviewing of things at the minute, what I need to do for next year, what I don't need to do anymore, what I can bring together, what I can sort of um, make more efficient. And it's, it's, it's a good process because I'm finally giving myself time to have an overview of everything I'm doing and working out what's effective, what isn't, what's slowing me down, what's speeding me up and looking at what I, I double down on. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good week in that sense. And like I say, I've got about 10 days now until, until my move. So I'm kind of in the process of getting all that ready and deliberately trying not to overwork so I can not kill myself, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your thing that you've enjoyed this week? Oh, oh. so I was going to say one thing and now I'm like, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, I was going to say The Book Thief, mm. which is which is a book and obviously and uh, I, I only started it last night, but I'm so hooked into the book that I had to carry it with me to school and um, I like nearly killed a child on the way home because I was just like head in the book rather than concentrating on the road. <laughs> This poor child <laughs> just sort of looked, you know, bug-eyed at me as I like. Were they also looking at a phone as they were walking? No, she was, oh. couldn't have been more than about eight. Oh. Um, anyway, okay. so I was going to say that, but actually, you know, I like to be a bit different. So I think I'm going to say Jeff's podcast. Hmm. Um, and Jeff does do uh, like one-off sessions as well. Uh, so if you want to have a one-off session like I did with him, which I highly, highly recommend, then um, yeah, just like Google the dialogue doctor and you'll find him. Nice. How about you? Um, I'm going to do a sneaky two, which, you know, when you, you normally do that at house parties, but I'm going to do a sneaky number two. And one of those is going to be that I launched a newsletter this week called Three Things Thursday. And it's something that I've been wanting to do for ages because it's basically my way of processing three things that I've enjoyed over the week and putting those on paper and being able to share those with people so that for people who might not be um, aware of certain things, you know, could help their author journey. Uh, I, I list those so I can kind of like help people and just, I, I get a lot of satisfaction out of sort of the design elements and coming up with something like a final product and making it pretty and really giving a lot of thought. And I had time to do that this week. So that's now rolling. That's a process. The first one went out yesterday. But within that, one of the things that I did put this week that um, I got a lot of value from, um, it was, have you seen on Netflix, there's a four-part docuseries called uh, Donald Trump's American Dream. And it's basically a documentary that follows or highlights certain parts of his life. So the first episode is all about his rise to sort of real estate mogul life. Then another one's about his relationships. Another one's about uh, sort of the road to the White House. Another one is sort of his political career, how that all started. And for me, like, whichever way you look at Donald Trump, um, there's there's a lot of stuff that he has been very successful at. And one of the big lessons that came out of that for me was it doesn't matter whether or not you've got the skills to do something realistically. It's how you present yourself to the world. So mm -hmm. even uh, it's, it's a thing that I came across recently as well, that somebody um, titled like Peacock Branding, which is basically the idea that even if you're a solo author, how you present yourself in like newsletters in podcasts and everything else, all these different tactics can help make you seem bigger to people who are looking at you from the outside. So it's this kind of like ability to market yourself well in a way that helps sell you, even if you're not quite up to a standard that you believe you are, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So look at that how you will, but that was, it was just really, so really fake it till you make it pretty much. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty much sort of, 
a lot of that highlighted within that series itself. But it was it was an interesting watch. It is like four hours though if you watch the whole thing. So that's a lot of Donald Trump. It's quite a lot of Donald Trump, and yeah, I'm gonna say no more. Um, weekly confessional. Sasha will work on her website, and she will meditate. Yeah, so I think I've done three or four nights. Basically, I'm doing it before I go to sleep. That's when I used to do it anyway. Um, I don't have headspace anymore, which I, uh, mm. it means I am struggling a little bit with it. Um, <clears throat> and I think three out of four of the times I've fallen. Right? Yeah, 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 sorry, the headspace app, yeah. I used to do like the guided one and I may renew at some point, but uh, I don't have it at the moment. And um, yeah, so, but as a result, I think I've fallen asleep three out of four times yeah. whilst doing it but that's kind of the point of it anyway you know it's to relax you and so yeah the first time I didn't fall asleep the other the three you did. <laughs> yeah um so I probably need to do it a little bit earlier um and it's amazing how much I'm struggling with it compared compared to when I did it you know for like five months straight what did that tell you yeah yeah, yeah. It tells me that my mind is very busy and foggy and uh, I probably need to do it more regularly and probably go back to Headspace because they were guided and, you know, easier to do. It's easier to do them because you get the streak. Yeah, yeah. Waking up is another good one that I found, which is it focuses oh God, a lot no. more on like. Huh? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Have you tried that no. one? No, God, no. It's in the morning. Are you out of your no, fucking no, mind? No. The app is called Waking Up. Oh, God, I thought you meant like a... a no, don't try was... when you wake up in the morning. No. No. The app is called Waking Up and it's run by a, a very well-renowned um, psychologist, Sam Harris. And where Headspace is very, very accessible to sort of everyone. What, one thing that I do find about the, the Waking Up app is that it is it focuses a lot more on like the actual brain chemistry and the psychology and gives you a lot more like information about what you're doing with your biology. So if you want to sort of understand a bit more about how it all works, it's quite an interesting one. And I've had... I will add that on that app, when, when I got really into that couple, about a year, two years ago, um, it was the first time I ever had a full, what I consider out of body experience while meditating. Mm. Like it was the most bizarre thing, um, but it was really, really interesting as well. I've not been able to hit it since, but just, yeah, it was, it was wild. My things, Dan will meditate seven times, stay up to date with his production schedule and finish his presentation. So I've meditated pretty much every day. I've done it twice on a couple of days. Um, I've just been finding like five minute YouTube videos that just like because I, I quite like mixing it up and I've done Headspace before but I feel like with Headspace you have to you have to make that streak and mm. for me I like the whole dip in dip out without having sort of an obligation to and now day three it's like well actually day three was well day two was like three weeks ago so this doesn't really continue mm. um, so yeah that went well Production schedule is fine. Bootcamp is helping me a lot with that, which is awesome. And finished that presentation. So Sunday, I exported that and sent it over. And like I say, that feels like it was three weeks ago. Like time, time, time. Uh, updates from patreon.com slash authors. Thank you very much to Faye Trask, who became a patron of ours this week. Faye is over in your Rebel Author group. She's one of my great writer share hosts. And she's just a fantastic author and person. So Thank you very badass. much for coming on board, Faye. She is badass. And she is <laughs> writing a badass book right now, and it is beautiful. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Faye. Uh, level ups. We I've, I've picked one this week from uh, Giorgio Doomcraft, who says that he wrote 10,000 words in a week for NaNoWriMo. When I was working on my first novel that I just finished, 10,000 words took me a month. 
but I took Dan's example and now I shut off my inner critic and do zero developmental editing during my first draft and it has made a monumental difference. Thank you, thank you to both of you for helping us all level up. Aww, I love this. Yeah, I love this so, so much. Sweet. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's powerful. Just learning your own limits and knowing what you can do is, I don't know, it's just a really sort of uh, surreal experience for me because I love it when you think you have a limit, but you've never really tested it. Do you know what I mean? Just in your head, it's just a floating number of, well, I can only do this. And then you have that moment where you actually like give it some kind of commitment, try it in a slightly different way and you just smash through it because 10,000 in a week compared to 10,000 in a month is like 4Xing mm-hmm. everything that you're doing. So awesome, Giorgio. Comments from last week's episode, which was how hard is it to be a successful indie author? So Caitlin Duncan said, I'm not a successful indie author yet, but with all of my research into the process, it seems daunting, but definitely doable. My intent for indie publishing is creating systems that I can replicate for each book to focus on leveling up as I go. Chris Kane said, my gut reaction without all the successful part of the the question was, it's not hard at all. (laughs) But cue the multiple burnouts, the stress-induced health issues. Okay, yeah, it can be really fucking hard. I totally agree that the current cultural focus on being only a writer can be very detrimental. It's not a bad goal at all. Been there, done that. Will will someone make me a t-shirt? But give me 10 income streams that make $1,000 each over one income stream that makes $10,000 any day. If one shits the bed the whole bed isn't ruined i've heard um uh, i'm just trying to think yeah okay i'm gonna it's because there's quite a few comments so i'm gonna move on right so scott kavanagh says i agree that being a a successful indie author is all to do with mindset but i maybe have a slightly different take on what that mindset is it's not just about putting in the work it's about making decisions constantly and then Mm -hmm. having the confidence to back those decisions with the work and that hurts your mental state so much. <laughs> yeah, and that, funnily enough, that was one of my lessons from my first year of being full-time, that um, the decision fatigue is a real thing and it is exhausting. And, and that's probably the most exhausting part of being an indie author is the constant decision-making. Um Edwin Downward said, I almost skipped this episode because of the mindset the title requires in my own mind. A lot of what you went on to trigger, many of the points I saw coming. That being said, the biggest obstacle I face is discoverability. For all the ways I've reached out since I first published in 2015, I have yet to gain any traction in terms of finding readers. Writing is a passion I can't let go. Polishing is an extension of that passion. All the tech work behind publishing is a simple checklist, but getting the world out getting the word out is like shouting into a void already filled with stronger voices than mine. Uh, Victoria LK Williams said, mindset is critical, but so are your goals. What is success to you? Maybe a poor showing for someone else. Um, I think knowing who you are as a writer and what you want out of your writing at that given point will determine your success. Um, And Holly Line says, I agree with Dan and Sasha that it is easy technically, but it's seriously hard to be successful. I've been publishing since late 2013, but I only really started trying to make a business uh, in 2015, 16-ish. It's my tenacity and refusal that keep that uh, to give up that keeps me in the game. I know I can reach my goal and will keep working hard towards them. I just had my best three months in a row. Something is shifting and thank God I stuck at it this long. So important. As we said last week, it's all about the long game, which is the hard game, particularly mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, well, thank you everyone for getting your comments in. And as always, keep those coming in over at Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and everywhere we post up the episode. Um, but Sasha, uh -oh. are you ready for your question? No. <laughs> okay, so around this time of year, I begin to get quite reflective about stuff anyway. And I, I like to look back a lot oh, as well as forward. You bastard. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> what do you think? No, no, you tell me. No, no, you tell me. You're going to make me do something really positive and like, what have you achieved or something <laughs> like this? Not quite. Close, okay. not quite. Um, so my question to you is, what is your biggest lesson learned from 2020? Okay. Oh, God. Um... Doesn't have to be positive, you miserable bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my biggest lesson. It's really hard to For those listening on the, on the podcast, Sasha is crying. No, I was my I've got itchy eyes. Um would you like me to go first? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So my biggest lesson this year has been in seeing Fucking believe yourself, believe in yourself by any chance. No, no, that's not that's not it. Um <laughs> is recognizing my author business as a business which is really annoying because I thought I was. And for context, for new listeners or people that haven't heard this part of, of my journey, I went full-time in April, 2019. I left my day job, started writing full-time fiction, which was a mix of my own stuff and ghostwriting as well. And fiction, fiction was everything. And I spent four, three or four years in, in, my last particular job sort of working my way up the marketing rank getting to understand all like, the business principles of how this this charity worked and seeing all the behind the scenes of like the finance the actual strategic uh, planning as i say all the marketing side of things i built <laughs> i built spreadsheets i planned like everything to reach strategic aims i forecast over like five ten years all that kind of stuff and then when i went into becoming an author bearing in mind i had run my own business before for a couple of years as like a freelance editor and proofreader I, I thought I had it sussed and I was writing a lot. I was writing a, a, like pretty much double what I write now um, for the first few months, writing purely fiction. And then I started the Great Writer Share podcast. I started like putting in foundations to work close with other authors and look at more income streams. But the whole time I wasn't looking at anything strategically and I was just doing the things that were making me money instead of thinking about whether I could be making more money elsewhere or whether there were like more efficient ways to do things. And it really wasn't until I think I mentioned on this podcast, it must've been like five or six weeks ago that I suddenly went, Oh, do you know what I need for my business? The, the things that I spent like a year doing for my old job when I had to basically restructure the entire department and change the direction to meet the organizational strategy. And I was like, I don't, I, I haven't been looking at things in, the right way and I haven't been spending enough time sort of being reflective on where the money's coming from what I can double down on to get sort of more money faster than and some of that does mean moving away a little bit from some of the things that I do enjoy a bit more in order to balance out the books and make sure that I'm growing in this business to look at the long-term aim of what I want to achieve so it's been the last month and a half or so has been a lot of me just totally readjusting how I'm looking at my author business and actually recognizing that because I think in my head, I think in my head, I was like, okay, that's one business and that's how they runs, how they run. And this is my business and this is how I'm going to run it. And one thing that I completely neglected and forgot 
even existed, even though I've studied it, even though I knew it was a thing. And for some reason, it just didn't trigger and it was really frustrating. And I have a reason why I think that is. Business principles are universal. No matter what industry you're in, whether you're selling fabric on Etsy, whether you're starting your own restaurant, no matter what it is, business principles are universal. And there's a reason that everyone has these plans. Everyone has these things in place and the successful businesses share similar um uh what's the word like infrastructure in terms of how they work and for some reason that just wasn't communicating over into into my author business and i think one of the big things was and we've kind of touched on this before is that when i went full-time i think that first year or so you need that exploratory chance just to go i'm going to try this over here see if this feeds back i'm going to try this and you kind of like testing all these different things to see what works and it's only really been the latter half of this year that i've sort of started to see where my skills line up best with the things I want to achieve and also how that works financially. So it's that sort of like Venn diagram of like, what do I love? What is making me successful and finding what fits in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, that's not necessarily like, I'd love to be writing just nothing but fiction all the time, like for myself. And and that would be my days. But at the same time, I've also learned that I don't want to just be sat in a room writing to an audience without being face to face with people. So like one big thing for me has been looking more at like this podcast and the great writers share and speaking to people and the, the boot camp and different things where, I, where I'm actually interacting with people. Um, it's just, it's, it's just very different from, like I say, the first year. And I think I needed to have that journey in order to number one, appreciate this kind of um, interaction, this kind of work that I'm now doing, but also just to have time to breathe because things were so intensive at my old job and I had a good nearly two years where I was pretty much just resurrecting a marketing department, like training new people, just so much like re-educating the entire organization over what marketing should be based off of what it used to be. And that was heavy and it was constant. And I had a young child at the time and I was, you know, going through relationship problems and all that kind of thing. So I needed that time as well to have a bit of headspace and to go, okay, here's what a world of just writing fiction looks like. Is this what I want to be doing? And yes, I want to be writing fiction, but I also think I need that other stuff as well. But broadly to bring all this together, it is that realization of understanding your long-term goal, making sure that everything that you're doing aligns with what you're trying to achieve. So when we set at the beginning of this podcast, we set what we wanted to achieve by the end of 2020. When we had our first strategy day, that was one of the things that I was quite key on was like, okay, I've looked at the things I'm doing. Are they going to help me reach those goals that I've specified? Or are these just flightful fancies that might lead to something? And flightful fancies aren't necessarily wrong as long as they're not detracting you entirely from the direction that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's that, yeah, it's that business mind. It's that just bringing it all together. And that's, that's, that's massively my biggest takeaway from this year. I can't remember what we set as our goals. I might have to go back and re-listen to it mm-hmm. just to see how far off we were. Um, I love that uh, it's a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I don't know, like that we get to see this journey and the change because I definitely think that it happens on this podcast. You know, you can see the iterations that we're going through and the, you know, the wobbling off that path that we're doing. And I think, yeah, it's a really nice point to stop and reflect. And, uh, you know, that that's why we started this podcast. But yeah, and I also love that, like I could smile and nod throughout everything that you were saying because I've seen you do those things. <laughs> I'm not lying. This is it. No, I know. Exactly. So I think, I don't know if I can 
pin it down to one particular thing. Of course I think not. I think the the first one is slightly slightly shorter, and so I'll start with that one. Um, and that is that. Um, how do I describe it? So everything is a lie, and I can both and and like if I. What am I trying to say? I've achieved far more this year than I have done in any other year ever. And yet this has been the worst fucking year ever. And I still don't know what that really means, but it's certainly, you know, I have written six and a half books this year. I've published a course. I've started another podcast with you. I have kept my other podcast running. I've hired a VA. Like this has been a monu-fucking-mental um, year. And so like everything is a lie or everything that I thought I knew was a lie, which kind of leads me to the next one really, which is that um, I think I... I there are no matter how old you are in life there are still things you can learn about yourself and I am the the thing I think that is probably the biggest thing for me and I am still grappling with it was the strength stuff with Becca Sign and competition was my number one strength and I'm still grappling with accepting that and in accepting that what is it that I can do and one of the things um that she said in our coaching session is that for the type of person that I am, I have to live in a world where it's hard and she's so right. And this is something that I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. And she said it maybe maybe longer than I can't remember time is a lie, maybe a month ago now. Um, and I need to make things difficult for myself, not in a, I don't want to give myself a heart attack or continue to increase my blood pressure, but I like, I thrive best in a world where the challenges in front of me are a little bit outside of what I'm capable of doing. And um, that's why I did the website this week, because I was like, this is really fucking hard. I don't want to do it. Therefore, I'm going to smash the shit out of it, which is exactly what I did. And I'm and and guess what? I was actually able to say that I'm proud of myself because I did something that was hard. And, and it has reminded me that I think I took my foot off the brake, which is a ridiculous thing to say, because I, I, I started this conversation by saying I've done more than I thought I could. But there's a difference between doing more things and pushing myself to do things that are difficult and challenging um and not everybody wants that and that's fine but that is part of me and who I am and therefore I need to work out what it is that is hard in this industry that I can do um in order to kind of 10x that competition so and and I think I just you know I I've been setting reasonable goals I've been setting reasonable financial targets and I just need to stop that shit and and go back to 
setting unrealistic goals or what other people determine as unrealistic because they're never fucking unrealistic to me because I'm like yeah the harder it is the fucking harder I'm gonna push myself to get there and and even her telling me that that is a thing that people who who are competitive do has ignited like it it put a firework up my ass because I was like oh my god I am happiest when I'm in an environment that is hard and therefore and I'm already hard on myself. So I know, I know there's going to be people going, what? She's out of her fucking mind. But also no, because I, you know, when you know, you've been coasting, mm. I've been coasting and I need to stop that shit. So next year I'm not coasting. I'm fucking going for it. And I think that is probably the thing that I have learned most about this year. I love it. Quite recent as well. To be fair. My Very name. recent. Yeah. What do you, so can you expand a little bit on everything as I? Oh, and also well, again, my neighbours are blasting out music. So if people can hear that, that's. <laughs> I know Renee could hear it. I can't she hear could, it, but Renee could hear it. Very good ears. I know. Um, everything is a lie. So I think this comes down to mindset and. Um... Oh no, I can hear it just, just oh, about. that. <laughs> Um, everything is a lie. So, you know, like we've been talking about how time is a lie this year and your brain can lie to you about things like me, you know, the amount that I have achieved this year, I'm almost finding it difficult to accept that I've done all of those things. And, um, and that's why mindset is just the most important part of being successful um, in any industry at all. And it, Preach. I think it yeah, <laughs> and I think it's linked to like the competition as well, you know, I, because I've been doing a lot of things, I've been telling myself that I've been doing a lot of things and therefore well done, have a pat on your back, Sasha. But no, that's a lie. It's a lie. Just because I've been doing a lot of things doesn't mean I've been being the best me. The best me is when I challenge myself and I give myself something that I, you know, when I can compete against myself and win and have a goal, you know, and that's why I'm saying, like, your your brain lies to you all of the time. <laughs> Don't trust your brain. <laughs> it's basically what I'm saying. I, I thought I was doing a lot and working hard. And, I you know, I have worked hard. I'm not saying I haven't worked hard. It's just that I need to frame things differently. And um, uh, I need to up my game. Interesting. Why? Why is that interesting? No, I, I, I can see the angle where you're coming from. And I think, um, like you say, this this whole coaching thing, this whole strengths thing, I think it's there's a language in which you have to speak with yourself in order to maximise the things you're doing and to feel get to a point where you feel proud of what, what you have been doing. Because absolutely, like you say, for, for a lot of people, this year alone, the amount of stuff you have done against all the adversity itself that has, has come your way is phenomenal. Mm. but it's definitely down to how you're going to frame it in your head and how you're going to speak to yourself and how you choose the words, the, the direction, whatever it is to, to make it best for you. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, let's really reiterate that because I fully understand that some people listening to this will think I'm out of my fucking mind and that's okay. Like um, one of the things that um, Becca said which I think is really key about people like me who have competition as their number one strength is that 
uh, we can come across as violent to other people <laughs> like the the the, the which drive, is basically what you said in that episode yeah yeah like the drive is violent like i will i will you will read until you smash a kid into tarmac <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean no but like that that's why I'm saying like I am not in any way shape or form suggesting that other people should be adhering to you know what I'm what I'm saying or whatever but you are absolutely right and that's why I said everything is a lie like we have to give ourselves the correct frame in our in our mind and we have to find a way to talk to ourselves um do what the fuck is on your shoulder I'm sorry, but is it a ladybird or a fly or what? That fucking ladybird's back. <laughs> I'm like so distracted by Actually, the I'm ladybird. on a tiny screen so I can't see it, but hey, buddy, how's it going? <laughs> that might be the one that launched itself off of my shelf, hit my lamp and then landed on the desk next to my thumb and scared the crap out of me yesterday. <laughs> what is it with this? To be fair, I back onto a forest, so I get lots of bugs in this house. Hey, buddy. Just uh, um, flash that to the camera. Yeah, so for those on 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 the po- listening on in listening rather than watching, Dan has just shown a ladybird to the screen. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I think the p- important thing that I, that I was saying was that I agree with you, and be careful what you tell yourself. Be careful of the words that you speak to yourself, and you know when you find a frame in or in in which to hang your brain on and your mindset and your perspective. It, it can either crush you or it can cure you in a way and it can 10x you and, and your productivity and your motivation. And I think I am reframing things and it's really helping. Mm. Yeah, I'm also excited to see what happens when things return to normal in the world of Corona, because I think that's also something that I occasionally forget is like this year just isn't on any way normal compared to any other year. And like I was talking to someone yesterday and saying, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel when everything's just opened up again and we're allowed to go back out because I'm not a claustrophobic person. I'm not sort of like a germaphobe. I'm none of that. Like I'm not, I'm not going to trap myself inside, but there is an element of life has changed and it will be strange going back out again and we'll get used to it. It'll be, it'll be fine again in the end, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm interested to see how that affects my general well-being. actually being able to like see people go out more, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, hopefully that'll come quite soon. But yeah, perfect. So uh, this week, how are we leveling up our author business? Ah, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> definitely forgot this one. I was so prepared until then. God damn it. Um, okay, I'm going to continue working on my website. Um, You're going to finish it? No, I'm not going to agree to that because... Are you sure? um, Yes, no, I'm 100% positive <laughs> that I am not going to agree to that. Don't want because... to challenge yourself. No, no. Um <laughs> There's, there's too many, um, you know, I have to go through 600 blogs of content. That's, I'm mm. not gonna, that's gonna take far longer than a week to do. I'm just not gonna agree to that. Um, oh God, you go first. I'm gonna keep mine very simple um, and say that I'm gonna stick with my production schedule because, you know, I've got a crap load of stuff to prepare for my move. Um, and I'm going to, so this will be, this This is quite a fun one, considering that like a week ago, I was like, I'm going to launch my second website. This week, I'm going to merge my two websites. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. 
uh, on screen is the uh, well, wait, what, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to do a David Attenborough to like show how people in business change their fucking minds all of the time. This, this is, is the classic flip flop maneuver. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying From to the do. The indie author, <laughs> yeah, exactly. also known as the indie authoress Majesticus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you for allowing, making up for my brain. <laughs> That's fine. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to merge my two websites into danielwilcox.com again. So they're all together. Um, but it's going to be beautiful. Okay. I'm going to work on my website and I am going to work on one of a few. So basically I'm not, Oh, I think I'm worded out. Um, I'm either either going to work on side characters or Trey or Sense of Death or the self-publishing course. And I don't know which one of those it's going to be, but I will work on one of them. I probably I'm going to try and do a favour to you live on the podcast. Get rid Bye. of one. Narrow it down to three options. Mm. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going to work on all four. I'm only going to work on one of those. I just yeah, don't know which one. But you can narrow that down. One of them's got to be considerably less important than the other three. Oh, yes, but it's the one I want to work on. Um, so you're just having that in there just as a, just as a, what? To make myself feel better. Okay. Oh my God, they're getting really loud. The one I want to work on is the scent of death, right? Because I, I feel like I need to put some words down after my chat with Jeff, before I forget all of the lovely things that he said. Um, so I feel like I need to just get some stuff on the page, but I don't, I'm not obviously going to work on that. Um, the self-publishing course I need to work on and I need to work on side characters and I need to work on the edits of Trey, but, but um, you know, time. Not to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Fuck you. I'm either going to work on side characters or the self-publishing course. There we go. And audience question of the week is, what is your biggest lesson learned from 2020? And we will see you next week. Bye. -bye. And so will my next door neighbours, apparently. I can't wait to leave. <laughs> Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author Podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. How, how are you? How's your week been? I love that we ask this every week and we spend like every day and every <laughs> second together. How's your week been? Like I don't know every part of your life. It's fine. Continue. <laughs> <laughs>